Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Florida Artist Lounge. It's Mike Tuck, and I actually realize I normally don't describe what we do here, so um, typically we just talk about music and the arts, so I know music is a wide range, but sometimes you like to shine light on uh, a few different things in terms of arts, whether it be art, photography, dance, anything cool like that, and we are sticking in the realm of music today, and we are jumping back across the pond, and an honored to have a special guest with me today, so please welcome Benny Greb. How are you? Very good. Thank you. I hope I fall into the dance category. <laughs> no? I mean, I've seen a few clinics, and yeah, I think uh, I think that counts. I can dance a little bit. <laughs> no, no. It's better we stay with the other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> good to be here. Thank you. Sorry yeah. for being silly. Right in the beginning. No, it's all, we we love um, animation and energy. So thank you for, <laughs> <laughs> for bringing it. I love it. So yeah, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what I guess your realm is in, in music and uh, how long you've been doing that and yeah, what you do now. I am a drummer, musician, uh, writer. Um, I'm an author. I'm an educator. I'm a dad. I um, do um, all kinds of stuff. I, I, I think I'm mainly a drummer or that that's where it all kind of like um kind of came out of i love i love the drums i always thought it's the it's the most amazing instrument and i learned a lot through the drums actually even from business stuff through through more kind of like how to organize things because drums organize basically time in a way and space and stuff and so I a lot of things. Drums has been a very great teacher for me. It it really I learned many things on the drums first until uh, b- before I seen them in other areas, maybe architecture or or dance or <laughs> whatever else. And um, but um, I I started early to write songs. I love that. Um, I played piano and trumpet before I played the drums actually. Um, and um, so music was always part of my life. I then later studied music, um, then moved into the big city and uh, um, at least what in Germany a big city is. And then I um, yeah, made a living as a drummer. Uh, then to my surprise, found out that the solo stuff that I wrote, although I was planning to be a sideman and studio musician, which I also did and still do, and it's, it's fun, but I reduced that a lot because my solo stuff actually kind of worked, although everyone uh the or let's put it that way the mindset was more like um you've got to be a great sideman in a very popular band and that's going to be your road to success and i'm like oh that's fine with me because i like all kinds of music and i loved steve gadd and i loved like a lot of the studio musicians these were my idols like from the from the 70s 80s and uh, yeah into the 90s and um but then when my own stuff kind of that I wrote and bands I organized worked better and better, uh, I focused more and more on that. And uh, so today, uh, and I continued teaching. I was always teaching uh, and I do drum camps all over the world. Uh, I um, write my music. I um, have a couple of educational products out. um, And I also design, I sometimes help to design a couple of instruments. I think I now designed a little bit over 20 uh, products for the music industry and um, that 
are available to musicians everywhere and hopefully make everyone's lives easier. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's it. So between those uh, three legs, so to speak, the education stuff, the music stuff, very little sideman stuff nowadays. Um, most of my solo work, my band Moving Parts, my, my solo albums, um, and then um, the product development stuff. And I do drum camps. I just brought out a book called Effective Practicing for Musicians. So I'm an author now, which I'm very proud of to say, you know, it sounds very nice and pretentious. I'm an author now. Right. <laughs> when someone criticizes me in the house, my son or something, it's like, hey, you're speaking to an author now. It doesn't have a big effect though, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so I'm an author now and um, I'm very proud of that book. And, and uh, that's what I do, I guess. I, and I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, so I think now you know everything. All right, yeah, I love that. And also, congrats, by the way. I guess it was um, something I didn't know. <laughs> the dad life is. That was uh, a great interview. Cool. Yeah. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful! But um, yeah, I don't know if. Uh, well, I granted as uh, animated as you are, I know. I feel like there are definitely some some dad jokes in your arsenal. So. Oh man, yeah, I could constantly get accused of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my word, I love that. So speaking of practice, um, I actually have a kind of like transitional question. So mm -hmm. I actually grew up kind of the same way, minus trumpet. My dad played um, piano and saxophone. Mm. Um, but going from piano to drums, I think in a way that helped me learn, even though they're like yeah. not directly related would you say that yeah. that piano in a way kind of helped you pick up drums or see drums differently than most people that just start on drums or that's their main instrument yeah i think it all helps because it's of course very interdependent um the if you find out something or learn something or try to figure out something on another instrument it always feeds another instrument or songwriting or vice versa. So if you, if you think about songwriting and form and which is usually either you have an idea about something that's already good that you can use that on any instrument, then you try to organize that idea. This is also good for, for every instrument. And then you try to, to basically instrument it and, uh, and put it, and arrange it, so to speak. And I think we have to do that with every instrument when we improvise or when we want to find elegant solutions for when something doesn't feel right and stuff. So th there are many, many, many things that we usually think are very unique to our instrument that are just across the board, um, just rules and, or uh, rules is, is a horrible word, but I mean, just like like principles of of functioning in music and and making music so uh, the only thing that is then different is the technique aspect of it and um, maybe the role in the music of each instrument but um, many people have said that pianos are percussive instruments because they have hammers and, and you you hit them and they hit a string and and uh, I think uh, the late great like Chikoria is, is an incredible example for example of being a great drummer and also um, um, basically having that approach on on the piano and and uh, and seeing it as that, or I think in later years he also enjoyed the the, remember, uh, the marimba very much. He had a marimba in his house, and um, because it's kind of 
and that's kind of the in between between a piano and, and and drums right but it's kind of the same in a way right i mean you can also think melodically on the drums and i mean some many drummers don't do that but um but it's um it's a wonderful thing to do as well you have different tones available and it changes how how the whole dramaturgy and, and the whole flow of a of a drum part uh, will be perceived so um i think it's good it's good for anyone and the classic though is this that instruments that are more melodic and or harmonic they usually think that the rhythm stuff is not that important to them <laughs> like yeah. singers and and uh and guitarists and stuff uh and like when when you when you meet in a rehearsal or something uh, a singer that can sing and really play a great shaker or a or a tambourine like i usually am like oh i'm so starstruck usually i'm like oh it's so great look at that it's awesome <laughs> and it's the same way the other way around when when there is a drummer um and and there is a session or a rehearsal and he's like hey when you go on that f sharp like um or or when hey when you um when you sing when you sing the sec second verse where you say it's now like singers are usually very touched and like oh, the drummer knows the lyric like he listened to the lyric <laughs> or he knows the chords it's like right. oh my god so <laughs> i think it's it's just great for for everyone to know about all aspects um of music and for that it definitely helps and and yes i think piano is actually pretty close to drums yeah beautiful yeah i definitely agree that um having both sides the quote-unquote musical and rhythmic definitely um helps everyone so it's definitely been yeah. something uh i've seen in the in my whole musical career <laughs> yeah it just helps uh, you you are a more of uh, you because a lot of like when you think about rehearsals or or writing a song or making a show work or whatever it is it's usually about finding elegant solutions and finding nice ways how something can turn out or something starts or something can build up or something can become lead into another part or something and you're just a more if you just that's what a musician should be you're just a more effective problem solver there and and um if you if you can offer nice solutions there and people will usually um it, it's not very often taught in in certain instruments of like oh you got to do this you got to do this and it's sometimes even not perceived that way but if you do that as a musician uh people will not know like or say like oh he does this or he does this but they will kind of have a certain feeling about it they will then think like oh with benny it's always like you know for some reason the, the rehearsal runs smooth and we don't run into many roadblocks or something and this is kind of a feeling that then stays and i think you can be a very effective helper and just a very very good member of a music making group in whatever it is whether it's an orchestra or or i don't know hip-hop group or whatever it is or a choreography with dancers you're just yes. uh you're just more effectively i will i will come back to that metaphor as often as i can but um yeah so it's a good thing it's a good thing to be a musician first actually it's a good thing to be a human first then 
under that comes the artist and and then under that comes the musician and then under that comes the instrument so the instrument is just one it's very low down in the hierarchy of things you should um, see yourself as and i think that kind of prioritizes it a little bit yeah that's a that's a great way to think about it and that that speaks to me <laughs> volumes mm. so in terms of uh even before rehearsal um i hope for most that there's usually a form of practice now being a an educator and also just a um an artist what would you say is kind of like the importance of practice like um some people you know they practice like oh i get bored because it's just rudiments or you know so you can um you know or you can listen to a song and like you said like listen to the melody or you know you can do something that plays off of either what the vocalist or what the guitar or uh, bass is doing. Um, so Dan, if you want to talk a little bit about just what practice is to you and uh, why it's important. How much time do we have? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, 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 that's pretty basic, but that's great. Let's, let's do it. I mean, practicing is, if someone would really come to me, I've I haven't met many musicians who say like, "Oh, why should I even practice?" But if that happens, um, then my question would be like, "Look," or the answer is, um, "Look, if you're completely happy with how you play, how everything functions, um, great. Don't change it, right?" But the caveat to that is a little bit. But first, make sure that that's really the case, because we sometimes fool ourselves into. That's why, for example, that's why sometimes drummers or or musicians say like, "I'm more of a live musician. I'm not so much yeah, studio guy, right?" It's like, so so why is that? Yeah, because live, you know, in the studio, I don't play that well. It's like, you know what? No, you play in the studio equally as bad as you play, or you, you play live equal. Sorry, I messed it up. No, you play live equally as bad as in the studio just in the studio you hear it all of a sudden you analyze it you listen to it again and live you, you there's a lot of adrenaline going on and you just go crazy and then afterwards it's like oh yeah that felt great but so first check whether whether really it's true that you're happy with your output do you really listen to your output um um because some musicians have the attitude of like, oh, I don't want to listen to that. Ugh. It's like, okay, then don't, then don't leave the audience uh, with, with, with your, to deal with your output, right? If you don't even want to listen to it. So, and that usually solves it. So when, when you make recordings of yourself, and I'm not talking about like, oh, you go into a studio and you check everything out. No, you take your phone, you take a simple mp3 recorder of any kind a portable thing like these zoom recorders or whatever and uh you just make a very simple recording of of your playing or whatever you're working on right now and then you listen to it and that should inform ah, okay what what you do next and this is basically what practicing is practicing is not playing right um playing is spending time with the instrument having fun doing stuff you maybe can already do uh, and that's fine. That's fair. That's very important. I, I love that. That's maybe 70% of, of what I do even when I sit in my rehearsal studio. I like that. I love that. But I don't call it practicing. And I don't get frustrated when I when I don't make progress uh, there. Um, 
practicing is really a step-by-step -step process to do something, to then listen back to it, analyze it, and then really learn something from that and say what was good, what was bad, and then to change and do things differently according to what we found out, right? That's why this is different to what usually people say experience or which is not really experience. Sometimes people say like, oh, it will get better by itself. You just have to do it for, for five years or something, which is not true, right? If, if that would be true, um, there wouldn't be any 50-year-old bad musicians, but there are. <laughs> <laughs> there are people that, 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 that play an instrument since a long time and it just doesn't get much better. Um, so it's not like it's not automatic, right? Progress is not automatic. Change is automatic. Your playing will change all the time. Um, it might get even worse, right? It might, it might be good on a good day, bad on a bad day, whatever. That's automatic. It will always change. Your body changes, your mental state changes. So it will be subject to change. But progress is not automatic. Progress has to be made. Progress has to be like, okay, you do something, you analyze it, then you change something um, because you found out something. And if you do these little adjustments and you do that in a high frequency, so often, uh, then, um, then there's a lot of progress to be made. And then the overarching subject to that is, okay, are you just productive and making some progress in any direction? Or do you want to make progress in the direction you want to go in? And that requires for you to know where do you want to go? What, what kind of musician do you want to be? What kind of facilities do you want to have on the instrument? Or if you think of it more German, which, which usually helps German guys to think of it more negatively, <laughs> what bugs you? If you look at your playing, like what goes on your nerves, right? What was embarrassing? Like think of stuff like that at a recital was like, oh man, I listened to the recording and I sped up and, or I slowed down or, Ugh, I don't get the high notes on the instrument or like whatever it is it's like, okay, good. This informs you uh, and will make you more bulletproof in the future. And if you then align, and this is where the magic happens. And this is what the book mainly is about um, to find out where you want to go to find out where you are right now. And then to see where that track kind of is to, to connect these two dots and see where that way is. Because in order to find out, some people say like, oh, I have to stay on track. And in order to stay on track, there has to be one in the first place. So you have to know like, okay, from here to there. And then you know what distraction is. Then you know what's the wrong thing is or the right thing. If you don't have that line from where you are right now to where you want to go, then everything is fair game. And the, that used to be okay when we had not much material and we had some teachers that had one book or whatever. But now with the internet, this is a huge problem because you will, if you don't know what's the right or wrong thing and you practice basically deliberate ignorance towards then everything else, what, what you don't want to focus on, then you're subject to react to the latest and loudest and or like whatever email is sent to you or whatever pops up on your feed. And then you'll get busy, but you don't necessarily get uh, closer to what you want to be, and and it's, and then some teachers say like, oh, it's but you, it's good when you're making progress. Well, it's it's possible to make progress in the completely wrong direction. So, 
<laughs> it's not about just becoming faster on something or blah, blah, blah. It, it really is, is a nice thing to take care of, like, where do you want to go? Where am I right now? And what is the next step? And, and um, I have that maybe in three categories. And this is what practicing is. I start a timer. I write down what I do. I do recordings before and after. And, um, and that's practicing. And then playing is just having fun. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot tell you, well, I could tell you uh, afterwards or during how many stories <laughs> of, um, I'm primarily a church musician. Um, yeah. That's kind of a popular primary thing in the States. And um, just seeing, like, you know, you have the same two or three people, whether it be like drums and bass or the same vocalists, and it come in week after week. And it's like, okay, you don't sound much better than last week. Or it's like you kind of, some things fumble around. Like it's different when it's a new song. But, you know, yeah. if you do um, the same popular hymn that's been around for over 30 years and it still sounds yeah. rough. It's like, what did you, did you practice or did you, you know, do yeah. you want this to, to sound good? <laughs> and it's funny, the, the, there are different men mentalities there. There are, um, there are students that I coached through this process where, where, where I was like, okay, we're going to listen to, we're going to record, we're going to listen to your, we're going to listen to last time and we're going to compare it to this time. And with some people, you have to be very nice to themselves. You have to, you have to teach them to, to not be like, ah, oh, turn it off. That's blah. And, you know, <laughs> this is this is horrible self-talk because I mean, and we and it's funny sometimes we we think we get away. We we, or put it differently, if if you would take, uh, if a, if a good friend would come to you and say like, hey, I recorded something I'm working on. I want you to listen to it. And he starts the tape, and you're like, "Oh, ooh, uh, turn that off! Ooh, blah, blah. Oh, lucky that's over. I can't listen to that." Blah, blah. Um, that would be pretty tough behavior, right? Um, and there's this saying that I also mentioned in the book: "Is like, um, maybe you've heard it before. It's like, if you would talk to your friends as you talk to yourself, you wouldn't have any friends." <laughs> <laughs> this is sometimes how we do it because. In interaction with others, we pay a price for behavior like that, right? But when we talk to ourselves like this, um, we can it can go years and years uh, unnoticed, and but it has the similar bad effect. So, I think it's important to to look at how it is, and then to see like, okay, what's good about it as well. So, I have a thing with students where they first have to say three things that they liked about the recording. Um, and so for some, it's very hard to do, and then that's okay. Then we they have to muscle it out and be like, okay, find something else that you liked. Um, and then we look at things that could be better. And for others, and maybe like you describe, um, they need to listen to the recording and be like, okay, no, you have to listen to it, and then let's let's see what could be better. And maybe they're like, ah, oh, it's amazing, <laughs> I'm genius. Like, okay. That's, uh, but usually that doesn't happen. Usually when people um, are very satisfied with, with their own playing, um, they don't get enough feedback. Um, they don't get enough. Uh, and feedback it doesn't mean you telling them that they don't like it or you telling them that it's not good enough, which is a very traditional teaching thing to do. I wouldn't make my hands dirty with that. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't like, I would just like say like, cool. Are you ready? Are you happy? Yeah. 
cool, let's record it then. And usually it's like, what, really? Right now? Uh, what's the beginning again? You know, <laughs> and there are all these, then there are all these questions. So this recording thing, that's why I use it so much. And that's why I'm preaching so much about it because it does so many things. It automatically puts you into a performance mode that you normally wouldn't have when you're just playing by yourself. It's just practicing. You really want to do well. And we, that's, that's a great thing to use because it lifts it up a little bit, the quality. Second of all, you usually try to organize yourself before you record. Um, you ask questions. Maybe the band is like, oh, what was the intro again or the ending? You know, Maybe it's good to ask that question before we record it. And it's a good power to use. And then, of course, with sometimes or very often, the how it feels has a very different how it sounds. So while you're playing, there's all this feedback from the body that you have. And it's confusing compared to just listening to how it actually sounded. And that's very powerful as well. So maybe some people like really enjoy the feeling that they have while playing, which is great. Um, but maybe when they really listen, um, they will realize, Ooh, I could have maybe changed this or changed that. So I think recording is, 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 uh, is uh, I mean, it's, it's so simple. It's the same with journaling or a timer. These are all tools that are so simple and cheap. Um, it, it, I'm fascinated why people don't use it more often. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, like the, our hardest critic can be ourselves. So I know that's a, a huge part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um, know that you've definitely uh, done a few studio and live uh, albums and with those as well, some uh, videos, or I guess you could call them music videos, I guess playthroughs. <laughs> that's what I've always wondered. Um, ever since about 2013, 2014, I got into uh, the music YouTube hole and mm -hmm. I find myself just like at different times of day, like, oh, just watch, uh, you know, uh, a drum playthrough and it's always when it's like do we call it a music video is it technically a music video no. oh, i don't know i mean i'm probably not the right one to ask but for me coming from i'm still part of the mtv generation <laughs> and uh, for me a music video was always a pro um a produced thing that that it wasn't it, it wasn't a live performance being filmed it was right. it was really like like something else but um i don't know it's a clip it's a youtube video <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just even just from those um to seeing your your playing style it is and i've kind of adapted a little bit into myself like i find myself utilizing the hi-hat more than you know than just to keep time but just to like do little accents or um just add something so um how did you kind of develop your your style of playing Wow, it's of course an, um, a combination between what we just talked about, a constant way of looking at myself and uh, changing the things that I don't like. And I'm still not finished with that, of course. So there is always this process of like, I do something the best I can. I then look at it and it can be better. And then I do it that the best I can. And then it, something else can be better or the same thing still doesn't work. And um, so that's, a huge inspiration i i don't want to put it like people are sometimes a little bit confused like i don't want to say like when people are like hey what inspires you like myself <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's very important to be 
to take inspiration, so to speak, or take note and put that on your homework list, like real data from t taking taking kind of an overview of how your playing is and what do you like about it, what do you not like about it. So I, I would say yes, it's a big it's a big part how how I get closer and closer to um, what might be described as a style. It's the same with sound. People say I have a I have my own sound. This is of course a, like a the end result of a of a very long um, process of tweaking this, tweaking this, finding out that this doesn't work for me, finding out that I like this even better, and just bit by bit. Um, and it's always a long chain of of many things that that influence that. Um, musically, um, I like a lot of styles of music. I like a lot of instruments. So. Um, I was very influenced by jazz. I was very influenced by um, by all the music of the 80s I, I grew up with in 90s. Um, a lot of great pop music was written in that period. Um, uh, so I don't think that pop is a bad word. I, I think that pop music <laughs> can be can be beautiful. I'm a huge Beatles fan. I'm, and so there's a lot of great stuff there. I like improvisation a lot. I really got heavily into uh, improvisation. I think it's, it's maybe my favorite form of... Uh, Ah, writing is nice too. So I mean, there are all these kind of things that I think contribute to uh, to my style. But um, um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's a it's a long process, and it doesn't it it never ends. It's um, and it's usually I can tell you what I focused on over the years, but it's usually easier for other people than to define what my style maybe is or could be called at. But um, I just try to become better and better and closer to, like like Nietzsche said, um, become who you are. That's what I try. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one of my favorite things is like, I think you're not afraid to try new things. I mean, especially with the, you know, the drum set. Um, I would be more afraid, afraid to not try new things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, absolute, I'm absolutely mortified by by the thought of that years go by and nothing has changed you know hmm. or that that i haven't haven't progressed or haven't gotten better that would be really frustrating to me so i'd rather i'd rather i'd rather make a fool out of myself by by trying a couple of new things but then still have always a quality standard and try to you know make them nice and i think that's a good way to go to be, really be like hmm let me look into this and but I'm also not trying new things because they're new. I, I try things that I like and want to improve. And and uh, so I hope I'm not too, you know, like a dog whistle, like, oh, something new. That's not it. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to get better. Yeah. And sometimes it's very hard and sometimes it's it's easier and but it's a constant process. Constant and process. it's fun. <laughs> that's That's the important part. Um, now, with writing, um, I would say my favorite work, if you have not heard it, um, if you've been around me, you've probably heard it. Um, I usually play a lot of your Grapefruit 2 record. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's like very, as to me, in a sense, like that's new. Like it's pretty much, I want to say, which I mean, you can obviously attest to, but I feel like you you did pretty much every like, you know, sound where there was like percussive or melodic like you do like a lot of uh like putka and stuff like that um mm -hmm. so how how did you like i don't know how did you think to kind of have that kind of 
conceptual like melodic you're like oh i have to do like a piano or this you're like i'll just use my voice <laughs> yeah i'm gonna do all that i mean grab food two is for those who don't know it's it's basically a an acapella album plus drums it's it's me singing and me drumming a very egocentric project you might say but it's a um it is the second um it's a so to speak, the same concept of my very first solo album that I made called Grapefruit, very creative, <laughs> and, and this one is now Grapefruit 2. So uh, this is, is more than 13, 13 years ago, I think, that I did that. And and the, the reason was I, I was writing songs, and the the way I was writing songs is always to to sing back in the day where we didn't have smartphones, to to sing, to call myself at home when I'm when I was like out and about and to sing on my answering machine so i would um call myself and be like <laughs> and then when i get home i would usually have forgotten about this and be like oh i'm so important there are so many messages that's amazing and it's just <laughs> me being like <laughs> so but and then after putting it together and making the layouts for the songwriting i then was like Hmm, so which with which band should I play this? Is this more of a trio thing? Is this more of a band thing? Is this more electronic? And then but these rough drafts were basically kind of like a cappella, little a cappella productions, so to speak, because it was just faster for me to just quickly sing the ideas down and, and capture ideas that way. And then I thought, like, you know what? Why not leave it that way? Why not go full like the whole how do you Americans say it? The f- whole nine yards? Or yeah. is that the way? Say it? Okay, nine yards. We don't have that. We would say the whole soccer field or something like that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, so what if I would go all the way and do it that way? And it was a lot of fun and uh, I really enjoyed it. So the second... And the first one is more kind of a quartet kind of thing always with drums. And then on the second one, I really went crazy. And there are sometimes like, it's more an orchestra or choir sometimes. So it's really like 70 tracks sometimes uh, of, of, of voices. So yeah, it's, it's like the Grapefruit One album on steroids a little bit. I like it. I love that. <laughs> it's like you never have too many tracks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Now, what would you say was um, the most exciting part of kind of working with that like kind of as a continuation um just to as even like taking those like messages and just kind of like putting them together adding layers and like doing like the crazy it was nice because it was nice because every musician sometimes dreams of like when they do a certain album and that's great and that's the statement then maybe 10 years go by and they have with the same sounds or the same way of producing, maybe they 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 now know what they would do with the stuff that they learned since then, or maybe the the writing in my case, the writing just got a little bit better or or more um elaborate, so to speak. And and the way to how to produce, I, I got a little bit more experienced in that. So I was like, wow, I mean, I would love to do that now. Like I I would know a couple of things I would do. And to just have the chance to just do that was great um that's one thing the other thing is uh it's it was because it's a one-man operation in a way it's a very very uh, flexible thing so i if i have an idea i can immediately 
kind of change it, do it, record it, try it out and, and, and mold it into something else. When you have a band, even when you're the band leader, you have to be a little bit more diplomatic. Sometimes there's a lot of logistics involved. So, um, but so the advantage with playing with other people, of course, is you have input from those people that maybe you wouldn't have had. Um, but the, and that I didn't have with Grapefruit 2, but with Grapefruit 2, I had the, the speed and the no naysaying at all. <laughs> so it's just like, you can just go, go for it and try things out. And, and it's, it's very quick and it's very, um, yeah, there's nothing holding you back in any way. I wouldn't only do this, but it was very, very nice after a couple of band albums um, and working with other people uh, to do a, like a true, true solo album again. So that was nice. Yeah, wonderful. And yet, uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Say. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, so I'm actually going to switch around our yep. question or just so it, like it kind of flows a little bit better for the the final fun questions not that these haven't been fun <laughs> so um drums as you know are like super big and important and cool but even the more um i think for me even the thing more stressful than drums are cymbals <laughs> because uh. <laughs> they each have like their own characteristic and sound and you have like all these different versions and sizes and um, yeah they're like humans very stressful. <laughs> I'm glad they don't know. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Did I mess up your your metaphor now? I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. I mean, now I see symbols very differently. Thankfully, <laughs> symbols never like kicked me in the gut or anything crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, Minel, um, for those of you who don't know, Minel is a uh, symbol company that's based in, in Germany. And um, I've come to just love the overall sound over the years. And um, here it's just like, you either play with really big symbols or really small symbols. And it's like, that's it. There's no like, if you're like hybrid or people like look at you funny. Um, but for you um, being a drummer, did you always play since it's kind of in your backyard? Uh, did you always play with Milo? Did you like have like, you know, do you have a starter set? And then kind of like work your way and then you heard someone playing it and you're like oh my gosh like i want to try these or was it just kind of always um around uh minor, funny enough were actually my first symbols i played um that also the reason is that minel um used to have um very affordable symbols very early on and i think they were um i hope i don't say anything wrong but that, at least in my impression they were the only, or in the impression of my parents <laughs> and their wallet, it was kind of the only, <laughs> it was the only choice to be like, okay, we don't know whether this kid is going to do this. Uh, let's not completely go bankrupt. And and like, so I think the series was called Laser Series. That's so 80s. It had this digital <laughs> writing on it, laser. So I had a laser crash ride in, in, in and it was, uh, it was purple, okay? So it wasn't just an, you know, it wasn't just a normal symbol of the other guys that the other guys had. It was purple, okay? So it had to be good as far as I was concerned. And and uh, that was my only symbol that I had. Um, and, yeah. And, <clears throat> of course, over the years, um, I had a couple of different symbols. But uh, when I played professionally then in Hamburg, um, I got connected with, back then, Norbert, the 
artist relation guy who's still the artist relation guy of 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 Minel. and uh, from that uh, a wonderful relationship kind of um started which um first of all they 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 helped me a lot with equipment of course i gave a couple of ideas into into series or or I was allowed to give a couple of suggestions that, and I was amazed that they didn't actually did it. <laughs> and then it went a step further when they um, they said like, hey, because I was always a little bit fooling around with them. I was grinding them off. I was putting them in the, into the oven. I was burying them. I was always trying things with symbols because as you say, normally the 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 feeling is like, oh, you once you have a symbol, like you can't change it. Like the, the, it, with the drum you can tune it but a symbol is what it is and i was like no you can <laughs> you can saw it in half or put holes in it or like blah. and it wasn't that popular back then um but but i was experimenting with it a lot and and that's how the sand series came about um and then the signature line because i grinded off the the surface a little bit and they were then able to do it a little bit more nicely nicer than than i did it um, and they were sandblasting them. So they don't sound like super new and harsh. They sound a little bit warmer. And um, yeah, it, it's great to have a company. It's the same with like Sono Drums and Big First uh, Sticks and all these companies that that um, when you have an idea, they actually help you accomplish those. And, and then um, uh, you come closer and closer to what you think is would be the ultimate sound and, and it is easier and easier to to get there it's a, it's a huge privilege and i'm really really um yeah happy to be um connected with them in that way and with most of them now um since uh, over a decade or more so yeah awesome yeah um i think i actually started with mine as well i think i had the headliner series thing was like yeah early. yeah so it's like I yeah. guess it's a MCS version or something earlier, similar yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, I had the I had the grandfather of this series. It was called Marathon. My first hi hat was a marathon. Wow. It's now in it's now at the Minel factory. They have it. They have it framed. Actually, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Very nice. Yeah, and uh, uh, like speaking of uh, your series, like that was something I got into around uh, the time in uh, college. I did jazz. And we were just talking about different things, and um, I guess the you like my symbols. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bit. Ah, <laughs> oh, great taste. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, you're an author after all, so I have to. <laughs> yeah, it's, everything I say is very um, fact. You know, it's, yeah, it's very true and well researched. Then it has to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got into jazz, and I think the um, the professor at the time had like a, a educators deal with Zildjian and it's like they were mm -hmm. they were fine but it's like there was something I was like we need something that's like a little bit I don't know that like cuts through and it has like a different feel and then I think it was a, just under a year um, after you come out with like your signature series and I was like guys like we have to have this ride like we have to have this ride <laughs> uh, so I ended up, I ended up buying it um, from Guitar Center that was probably the only good purchase i can remember from getting from guitar center <laughs> um and yeah and that symbol <sighs> has been with me for i think six years now and it's been like it's been amazing like i use it almost everywhere so oh man i, I I'm, I'm still so proud of these uh thingies and and they serve me so well i mean i've seen this ride being played i mean 
I played it in with with the Buddy Rich big band. I played it with in electronic kind of things and on soundtracks and stuff and in all kinds of. But I've seen it also seen also other people play it and um, I've seen Matt Garska play it. And I've seen um, I've seen jazz artists play it and uh, it, it. I mean, it's just. The only problem is that sometimes I think, oh, when when someone plays it, I'm like, oh, it sounds better than when I play it. I don't like that. But <laughs> but apart from that, it's it's really amazing to see how, um, yeah, that it's just a workhorse symbol. And of course, everyone says that. But I mean, everyone has ears; they they can just try it out by themselves. Uh, I don't want to sell anything, but I'm I'm just very happy with it. So, yeah, awesome. So, how has that been to, um, like I said, having, um like a series of symbols or sticks or even like a snare drum to have those ideas and to see them come to life. Like how, how did, how does that kind of like make you feel or how do I feel like, um, with the simple story, any drummer well, you feel like a, would be crying yeah. to just see a symbol in the oven. They're like, what's my baby? Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't put a hey, don't 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 put this on me. I wouldn't put a real baby in an oven, okay? Just to make that clear, okay? <laughs> but so symbols, so okay, I have to apologize. Symbols are not like people. I'm not like I, I I was wrong, but uh, uh, no, but yeah, you feel a little bit like a dad, right? You feel like oh, this thing uh, is now is now finished, and it, it so so that's one thing, of course, when you work on something for a long time and and then it comes out, it's always the same. It's, it's the same with the book or um or an instrument like this. That's one thing. The other thing is, of course, the pure egoism of of being like just able to now have this sound and have this solution for yourself. Uh, that you didn't have before. That's that's just very rewarding because every every one of the things I worked on, whether it's with Minel, the, the vintage series, or sorry, the the sand series, um, or um, or the the two snare drums with Sono or the signature stick, it was these are all solutions for problems I had, so to speak, and and they're more just make the life easier, and so it's nice to have that and. It's it's great to now not think about that anymore. So when I have my my sticks and my snares and my uh, and and my setup, um, I have to admit, like in the past, like before I had them, maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, I sometimes said at the kid and I was like, yeah, bleh. <laughs> it was a little hard to to kind of, and I don't have that anymore. I it's it's now it's, the only one to blame is me now. If, if something <laughs> doesn't sound sound nice or if something like. I know what these things can do and they make it very easy and it's there's just no boundary anymore. And that's super, super rewarding for a musician, of course, as, as you know. And it's to to just sit down and it stuff works. It's oh, it's great. It's hard enough, right? I mean, <laughs> music is sometimes a little hard, but but uh, yeah. But I'll take any help I can get if it if I can if it if it's just a little easier to tune, if it just performs better in different styles of music and and goes better with dynamically or is more sensitive and stuff it's just all these things that sometimes make it harder with with other stuff so that's a good feeling yeah absolutely i think um i i'm still hoping to have one before i turn 30 i'll have one of your snares <laughs> um but yeah just like the concept of having a dampener within a snare or like having different yeah. levels like that is revolutionary because you know usually you have like a wallet or someone will have like 
10 pounds of moon gel that they lose every other week. And it's like, how do I keep this, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, to be fair, there were internal dampeners before. And for, for the listeners who don't know, I, I developed two snare drums. Um, one that that existed before in a in a in a slightly different version already, and I like that already too. But I then developed like two internal dampeners, which are um, and the concept of internal dampeners is not revolutionary. I have to be honest, but the difference is that most internal dampeners, like other companies like Gretsch, have them or like Ludwig or whatever, they are usually um, either they are on and off, right? The, the Ludwig ones, they, they are like, turn them on and then they're on. Or the, uh, I think Rogers, like some Tama, some some Gretsch thing, you 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 turn a screw and right, then it yeah. gets closer and closer to the thing. But that's usually because there is this V-shaped kind of metal thing. And that, by turning the screw, you kind of close this like a, like a, like some scissors almost, right? You close it and then it gets closer to the head. The problem is you need a lot of real estate for that. You need a lot of space for that. So for, for floor toms, it works great for maybe even for bass drums and toms. But when you have a 14-inch snare drum or a 13-inch snare drum, then that dampening thing is usually almost in the middle or <laughs> between middle and, and edge. It's horrible when you hit it or it's it's just not a good place to dampen the the, the head. A great place to dampen the head is very on the edge. Right where you can do a lot with just a little, and then if you can do it in little steps, that's just magical. And then if you have two different materials, maybe like a felt thingy or uh, like a sheepskin, uh, a sheep, sheep. Uh, it's not sheep fur. What do you call it? Uh, sheep wool. Sheep wool, exactly. Thank you. Which is, <laughs> by the way, which is vegan sheep. It's it's not real sheep. It's it's fake sheep. But um. But uh, so when that touches the, the 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 head there, and then you can combine them and not, uh, it's that is a game changer for me, and it just works better. It's it's a streamlined version of what was before, and you have them in the right place, and you can do them up and down without screwing and screwing and screwing, which is also a thing. Like I want to be able to do it fast, and want to have it reliable, and go back to the setting I had. So that was just a great, nice feature. And I'm really, really happy about it because I was, of course, also fooling around with moon gel and gaffer tape. And that that's fine, but um, it's better, I think, that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess revolutionary was not the best word. Um, I just like seeing it. No, so I just common. wanted to be humble about it. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I, I would have taken it, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like the go-to nowadays is always like gaff or... Uh, you said moon gel, so to see something that's like internal that's not wearing down the drum head or anything like that is, you know. I mean, it's great. I mean, gaffer tape is, is one of the best friends, of course, of, of recording and stuff. It's, it's right. great. But I have played um, takes before where it was the A part and the B part, and we changed something for uh, another thing. And then it's like, oh, can we go back to that? And then it's like, oh, you ripped it off already. And then it's like a little bit different then. And like, ah. It's just great to be like, okay, oh, this was one, this one was on, oh, this one was off. Okay, I go back to that setting, and it's exactly the same sound. Um, and you always have it with you, you know. You, you don't. It's it's really built in in the truest sense in the word. It's like you have all these sounds built in in that snare drum. And I mean, it was versatile before, but I think now it's an absolute work animal. I, I would put it against any. And I do <laughs> against any against any other snare drum. Honestly, I'm I'm really 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 proud of it. 
But of course, people can have different opinions about it, and I'm a little bit biased. So, but I love it. I'm proud of it. <laughs> no, I could say the same. Uh, so, getting into the educational part of your uh, hierarchy. So, between like clinics and camps, um, do if anything, like does the teaching style kind of differ, or um, or and which of the two do you enjoy more? Like primarily, I think I've seen uh, most of your work through Drumeo. Uh, which is a kind of like an on-site location based in Canada. And usually it'll just be um, a couple moderators, so to speak, and uh, the artists that they have, and they kind of do their thing, teach a couple patterns or concepts. And yeah, and Benny's been a uh, part of them a few times. So it's been cool to see like the uh, the differences in versus just time or just like, here's this really cool feel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, versus a clinic, you have either people who've never touched the drum set before who are like oh i can read or do this in sight and do all this and you get to work with different levels of uh mastery i guess mm. yeah i mean for me a clinic is i want to combine in a clinic it's, it's usually either in a drum store or usually in a club now and uh i mean now it's <laughs> would pay everyone to make a clinic with me <laughs> but uh <laughs> i miss it so much honestly but um so a clinic is is usually as I do it now, it's like it's it's mainly made in a club or in a theater or something. It's organized by a drum store or something, and and people can come there and uh, have an evening thing. It's like a concert thing with question and answers. And I really try to play the best I can. I try to do really like a concert portion, um, and then I try to have an educational, inspirational kind of uh, portion. So I answer questions. I try to teach something, but I also want it to be. A show. I want it to be silly. I want it to be entertaining. Um, because when I went to clinics, and I love clinics, I always loved clinics when I went to clinics and when I was a kid. Or, but sometimes they were very serious. It was very like, oh, you got to do this, and if you don't, you don't get any jobs. And it's like, yeah, okay, but you know, like, <laughs> well, I think what sometimes gets forgotten to say is like, with all that stuff. Of course, if you want to be a professional musician, you've got to have certain skills and certain abilities to to be flexible and to survive and to take certain jobs. I, I get that. But what we sometimes then forget to say is when you're really good at something or you're good at several things, it's just a lot of fun. It's right. a lot of fun to be good at something. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think that that for me is way better motivation than to say, although I'm German, uh, than to say like, oh, if you don't do this, then this will happen, right? It's like, um, I just don't like that that much. So anyway, so I I try to have um, that other part a little bit more to be like, look, this is, isn't this great? Like you can do it too. It's not that hard, you know? Um, I I think that's that's amazing. And I benefited a lot from people that were like that. So I want to kind of carry on the the torch uh, if I can. And a master class or or a, or my drum camps in special they are more um those are really immersive kind of three day things we live together there we eat together there um we spend morning till night uh, uh really figuring out stuff and what i did in the last couple of years was that i did um focus on certain subjects so each camp has kind of a um, a thing that it focuses on and goes a little bit deeper at. We will still go over technique and, and over all the questions that people have, 
but it always chooses one thing to zero in on a little bit. We have a sound camp where my engineer comes and, uh, and we record everyone and we check out different mics and everyone has to tune and we have someone there to, to give, give heads to everyone. And, and that, and then we have a time and groove camp, um, or the art and science of groove, like my DVD or like uh, online course. And then we have a bass player there and we do a lot with click stuff. And then we have, um, an effective practicing for musicians camp, uh, which is also the title of this new book. It's kind of that thing of like making a practice plan, a custom made practice plan for everyone. Um, giving a lot of tools, how it can be more fun and effective. And these are really like these three day experiences where, um, yeah, we hang out and, and work on stuff and have a lot of fun. So it's, it's just a very different format. The one thing is more kind of a show thing and we, we spend an evening together and the other thing is like, okay, we really spend a couple of days together and work on stuff. And it's of course a small, small group, um, but the clinics can be sometimes hundreds of people or more. When you tour in China, it can be 4,000 people. Um, yeah. So, and I miss it so much, man, when I talk yeah. about it now, oh. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it's great fun. I I always loved some 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 players sometimes say like yeah, I'm doing a couple of clinics. I I love that format. I love mm. hanging with drummers. I love uh, nerding out and and uh, I it, it's really near and dear to my heart. This this format. I, I really grew up with it. I um yeah, I like it. Awesome. Yeah, I um I always hate that. Well, I don't always, but now I hate that, like, you know, you you have an event coming up, and you're like, oh, I'll just go next time. And now that was like, right. that I was me with Nam, and I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll go next year. And yeah. <laughs> I have, I mean, this is definitely a thing that's inspiring about that. Um, I really was so, so sad about like Chikoria's um, passing. And I really realized that. I sometimes thought like, yeah, yeah, I have to take my son to see Chikoria live, right? No, I can't anymore. It's really, it's really painful. So, um, I mean, not everything has to be so uh, fatalistic, but, but um, yeah, to, to take these chances and opportunities and, or, or when you do them, at least to really be grateful and, and value them, right? And uh, because you never know, you never know what happens. And uh, I had that with a couple of artists where I thought like, eh, I'm a little bit low in energy. They come to Hamburg every year. I'll go next year and then <laughs> they're maybe gone. Or... Like right. Oh man, that's painful. But it's, look, some lessons and some improvements are painful. Mm. And, and then maybe I will definitely now, if I like an artist and stuff, my son has no chance. He will have to go <laughs> with me. <laughs> we are watching this guy now. But tomorrow is school. I don't care. Tomorrow is no school. We are watching this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I will be more. Uh, I will be more authoritarian there. Than there <laughs> That's perfect. Awesome. Well, I'm excited because we've reached the uh, section of fun questions. I haven't thought of a like segment to call it, but these are kind of. I mean, not super out there, but I mean, they're kind of. Okay. Think a little bit creatively. 
Let me be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm up for it. Let's see. No, Go. awesome. Yeah. Um, so a friend of mine and I, we always joke, uh, once you kind of like had your, you always have like prototype things. So I remember you had the crasher hats and mm -hmm. also just like all these things here and there. Like, what's his next prototype? Oh, it's going to be the prototype Benny Greb jet plane or you know something like that <laughs> um, so if you could have any prototype like literally anything um what would it be um what do you mean prototype or endorsement or or like how i guess um like the the simple like the crasher hats like they were kind of exclusive like they were still being developed at the time but i guess yeah. i think now you can uh purchase them so like if they could be like yeah. any any uh, object in the world that would be like brand so new. not only drums but also anything yeah oh <laughs> i think because i'm spending so much time at home right now and thinking about like home improvements things in my basement and stuff i would like to have like like a, like a carpenter or like someone like really build like perfect like um storage uh I, maybe that's super boring but for me it's <laughs> really something it's no. really something i would love to have like so where every snare fits in perfectly and all the stands have a certain thing you know like like where where the where this 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 horrible horrible chaos of my basement would be would be organized <laughs> so. in, in in nice in nice furniture so because of course you can have all these cases lying around right now i'm building them myself and it's it's very very rewarding but i think people can do that better yeah. than me and without hurting themselves so much um <laughs> when i do woodwork it's always a bloodbath oh but um um so i would really love that in the same token uh a desk that can hold like all the office stuff but is because either you have a studio desk that you can have a huge like keyboard underneath and stuff and all the speakers and stuff or you have like, but I would have like to have a Frankenstein monster of a, of a desk. That's kind of my office and studio desk at the same time, like a James Bond kind of thing where you, where you, where you press a button and <laughs> an instrument comes out and it's already tuned. Like, you know, that, that, yes. that, I would like to have that. And then you press another button and you have a cool drink or another button and you have a tea perfectly made. That I would like to have. All right, yeah. I don't know who who will contact, but we'll, we'll get that on. Yes, please, please, please. Uh, contact at bennygrab.de is the address. I, yes. I take offers right now. <laughs> yeah, that that would definitely be a um, one that would take off, and everyone would definitely love to have one. But only make 50. it would be very expensive, though. It would be very expensive. <laughs> of course, made out of like uh, like space materials and ultralight and fire resistant. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so for that, um, you kind of answered my other question I had about uh, other instruments. So piano is definitely one of them. Um, if there's one that you'd like to learn that you haven't yet, what would uh, what instrument would you like to learn? I mean, I play a lot of instruments a little bit, um, so I kind of have the opportunity to to dive into them when I want to dive more into them. I, I I got myself a new trumpet and I'm really enjoying that. Um, I didn't play that for 20 years, uh, and uh, during the pandemic and stuff, I just really ordered a couple of books and and notation and warm up exercises for that stuff, and I'm practicing trumpet. Uh, so that's 
that's a lot of fun and um it's just great to also apply um because when i when i practiced a trumpet or learned trumpet it was very traditional it was by, by a certain teacher and then like this is what you have to do and um now that i read uh, now that i yeah, read as well but i wrote this book effective practicing for musicians i i really developed over the years for the drums originally this system of of how to practice um, effectively and with fun and now I can approach this instrument kind of in a very new way, in my way. And that's a lot of fun. And it's, it's really uh, like, yeah, discovering, rediscovering an old love, which is sometimes not a good idea. But <laughs> in that case, it's really, it's really, it's really fun. It's, it's almost like this, it's never too late to have a happy childhood kind of uh, uh, mood. It's, it's really like, okay, I can, I really have a new approach to this now. And it's a lot of fun. So I would say trumpet right now. Wonderful. Yeah, I actually um, I have not played any uh, reed or uh, mouthpiece based instruments, so I think that would be yeah. uh, that'd be a, a venture. Well, I played the recorder, but I've learned that they're professional recorder players, so I am not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's fun for me as well to have something where there is no pressure of like performance and recording like right away. It's really a hobby. It's mm. really, I mean, it's still music, and but it's really something where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do, and I still want to make progress, and I still want to practice and stuff, but that's yeah, fun. I like it. Yeah, wonderful. All right, now this one, um, I, I this is kind of like a me question, because I love food. <laughs> Not that <laughs> none of these questions came from me, but um, it's definitely outside of the box. I don't know if they differ. Um, but is there like a food that you have like that you usually have before playing or after playing or does like your mood change? Um, I I try to not eat before going to stay uh, going on stage. Mm. This is something I learned. Like I I absolutely I try to avoid at all costs. Like sometimes you go somewhere, you do the sound check, and then like oh now there's dinner. And it's like, oh my God, like we have to play in 10, we have to go on stage in 10 minutes, but now I should eat this huge meal. <laughs> um, I try to avoid that because I usually then feel like, Ugh. Um, so I usually, uh, yeah, don't care what it is, but please after, after the show. Uh, and then I can't sleep and then I have to get up early and Maybe I don't miss touring that much, actually. Let, let me think about it again. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's my answer. Yeah. No, that's that's really, that's nice. Um, and even just depending on everything, um, I mean, I may have missed something. Uh, would you ever kind of think of uh, doing, I mean, granted, hopefully, this all kind of levels out this year, but would you ever um, uh, think of doing like a, kind of like a, live stream performance slash clinic type of thing yeah i mean i i mean if i have another couple of projects still to finish and and if in summer i still i i've been a good boy and i did all my homework <laughs> and and then maybe i i will look into that right now I still try to promote the book a little bit and and do a couple of things for that. There will be a workbook that will come out as well and like some summary cards because the book is, although it's very practical, it 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 
the thing was that it should have all the information in there and it's really like a guide you can read through and read again and stuff and um but i also want to have a workbook where it's like you know if you read it once you then can go back and just like hit the the key points so to speak and so i want to get that done and also make available on my website um and a couple of other things so right right now i didn't look into that but um or i looked into it but so far i didn't do it but yeah i don't i don't rule it out cool awesome well definitely uh be on the lookout for that i'll be on the lookout as well <laughs> okay cool but yeah there um definitely uh ways you can uh check out benny's um projects as well as his products so like you said he's got uh a couple books out effective practice for musicians um he actually has a um a new app out right now if you want to practice with the metronome it's called um, gap click and um i think it's really cool because you get to really test yourself You're like oh i can play at 120 bpm and then you play it and then you have you know every fourth uh beat or even every fourth part is out and you can really test yourself to make sure like are you really like yeah. do you have a good internal clock so he's got that also the art and science of groove um it's definitely uh his one of his best sellers and yeah you can check out all of his music so i'll have links for that in the description of this episode so um thank you for sharing and uh being you and definitely uh i learned a lot today so it was really awesome thank you very much i enjoyed it so absolutely any uh final words of benny wisdom you'd like to leave for the people I'm out of wisdom for today. I think that was enough. <laughs> There's nothing more I know. I told you everything I know. No, um, yeah, I mean, when people want to stay updated with me, just go to bennygrab.com. I'm very active on Instagram as well. And um, just take good care of yourself and uh, practice gratefulness. And although there's a couple of things that are very challenging right now, there are many, many things that, that um, are good. And, and so let's not forget about those. Like we talked about before, right? When you listen to your, yourself, a recording or something, of course you can focus immediately on uh, what's not good and could be better. But there is also always what, what's good. And uh, it's great if you tell your loved ones or other people that the, things, the good things that you see, it, it makes, makes a big difference. So I think we, we should all do that. And um, I try that myself. But apart from that, just, yeah, thanks for the invitation again. Everyone have a great, great time. I hope you enjoyed this. And again, if you want to connect with me, um, you can do that through my website. And I hope we meet each other at some point uh, at one of my live shows, clinics, or I just hope we meet someday in person. Anyone who's listening to this, yeah, you can tell absolutely. me that you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Waiting to be a part of the uh, Benny Greb dance studio. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So expect that as very exclusive very exclusive <laughs> very expensive as well okay. hey we love it awesome thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time